Welcome back, folks. This is the Fantasy Fat Cast, and I'm your host, Eric Mack. I'm here with David Ganos as we bring you the skinny on everything you need to win in fantasy football. David, welcome back. How's it going, man? It's been a while. Fat, fat Cast, is, uh, it's been a couple of years since we got this going again. I like it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta swill, swill some beer and uh, eat some sausage. <laughs> you know, it's funny we're we're recording this in the in the morning, and I do remember when we used to do it. It was like you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, yeah. and uh, I always do like, hit a shot of whiskey before the uh, before the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it doesn't work as well. The scramble eggs get in the way this time. Not as good. Uh, so we're on the uh, so-called fantasy experts platform now. Got us tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so-called fantasy experts.com is where uh, Doug Anderson and I had actually gotten together a few years ago, and we'd worked on a few different sites through the years, including uh, Roto Experts, which he still works with now, and FantasySportsNetwork.com, which our buddy Nando DeFino is over at, and um, and we decided, you know, we we work together a bunch of spots. Why don't we do something together so uh i uh, built this up and he has helped me out and um and and now it's basically it's a platform for young writers to get on and and uh get a voice and we kind of help mold them and teach them some of the ins and outs of the fantasy industry and uh explain to them how it's impossible to make money writing for fantasy <laughs> sports <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna, Which, I was gonna uh, say this uh this kind of thing would get you put in the fantasy hall of fame right eventually <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know about that <laughs> my thinking is if i write for every site out there eventually <laughs> they have to put me in yeah <laughs> look at it you'll be connected and for those that don't don't for those that don't know eric mack and i used to work together over at cbssports.com that's where we first met um back when you know, this is a, it was a pretty good stable of writers back then with uh, with Scott Engel there and Michael Fabiano, who's now at NFL Network, and Tristan Cockroft, who's now at ESPN. Um, and and uh, and then, actually, Emac, you replaced Engel? Uh, or, actually, or, or Cockroft? Was, um, uh, Alex I think Reece you replaced Miller. Engel. Well, no, Reece you replaced Miller Engel. Oh. Oh yeah, I don't know. Maybe whatever. Yeah, you're right. Maybe you replaced Cockcroft. But then, uh, and then Jamie Eisenberg eventually came over, replaced Fabiano. Um, Dave Richard replaced Reith Miller, who is now like the PR guy for NFL Network or the yeah. NFL uh, itself. Have you seen? Have you noticed yeah. that? What's up with that? Yeah. How's who's this guy? Well, while well, anyway. he was working on his uh, masters, so he had bigger and better things in mind. He mastered getting out of CBS. That was well played. <laughs> yeah. So you and I have worked there. We've worked at um, SportsIllustrated.com. We've worked. Uh, we ended up last year. We were working at FanDuel with Will Carroll and those guys, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so you and I have a long background, unfortunately, together. Uh, but we uh, we often have fun. <laughs> we have fun when we when we uh, get together for some beers or softball or what have you. So FanDuel is that going to be Fan Kings? Oh, interesting. <laughs> Why is that? Is that a is that yeah, a that's, rumor? That's, that's been a rumor out there that they're they're talking about a merger. It was right before uh, New York passed the legislation to uh, regulate fantasy daily fantasy sports in New York. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. But we're 
Today we're talking about fantasy football, and we're going to take a little bit of a look back at the 2015 season, which for me six months ago seems like ages. Uh, we're we're going to we're going to look at a new new top uh, ten, you know, from last year to this year. I think uh, fantasy football has become a little bit more uh, random and varied year to year than what we're accustomed to back in the 90s or even early 2000s where the turnover wasn't as high in the top 10 guy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think um, I think some of that has to do with changing scoring systems and a change in the availability of different scoring systems. I mean, figure, look at us 10, 15 years ago, um, there weren't many websites that were offering as crazy scoring systems as we see now. Actually, myfantasyleague.com was always really customizable, um, but it wasn't as, you know, big. You weren't seeing half-point PPR leagues as much as you would today. Um, And then the other side of it, the NFL has changed so much. Um, I think I was looking at the, if you go on profootballreference.com, they have, you can look at the leaders, the career leaders and all that stuff for single season passing leaders. I, I might, I might be wrong by one or two, but in the past, the top 25 single yeah. season passing yards leaders, 17 of them are from since 2008. Wow. Which is pretty yeah. nuts. That's crazy, right? The West Coast systems uh, from the 80s and 90s have become the norm, and they move the ball through the air uh, in the short passing game now more than ever, which helps those numbers, obviously. So we're looking at uh, the rookies from 2015, and we're going to start with uh, – naturally, we, start, we talk about all the passing, but we're going to start with the running back. Uh, and Todd Gurley, uh, he's in L.A. now. I'm sorry, Gonna. Do you hear that noise in the background? Yeah, that's all right. Are you doing laundry? <laughs> well, it sounded like a hurricane. Was that you or me? You wash it. You washing your keys in the bathtub again? <laughs> uh, uh, no, that wasn't me. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Oh man, that sounds horrible. Anyway, Todd Gurley, he's now in L.A. Um, and uh, we we don't quite know what kind of quarterback system he's going to be uh, having to support him, uh, but you have to like the talent of Todd Gurley. Yeah, without question. This is a guy coming off of a uh, torn ACL two seasons ago. I think it was November of the pre- previous season with Georgia Bulldogs, and before that he was considered you know, the number one running back going in during the college season. He was considered the number one NFL running back prospect tears his ACL and then obviously becomes a question mark for 2016. Adrian Peterson proved, uh, and Jamal Charles a couple of years ago, proved that it's not quite as uh, difficult as it once was to get back to um, solid, reliable uh, running back after an injury like that. So now we look at uh, forward for Todd Gurley, look forward to him in the first round now. People are drafting him probably in the top five, which I have him. I want to say I have him one or two. Um, He's definitely my top running back this season, and I think I do have him first overall. You know, how do I not know who my 
number one players overall. I honestly, I go back and forth, but I do. I go back and forth between him, Antonio Brown. I like both of them, and uh, a lot of people are down on Adrian Peterson. I have him a little bit higher than a lot of people. Um, but anyways, back to Todd Gurley. The one thing that I wanted to bring out about Gurley is his success last year. I think is fueling this fire behind Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And I think everybody wants to get on that train. You know, they think Gurley, you know, and, and Elliott, certainly a fantastic running back, perfect, you know, great system. Um, but when was the last time you can think of a, a rookie being drafted in the first round of a yeah. fantasy draft? And I honestly, I couldn't think of one. And, I'm, you know, I've been playing since 1990. Um maybe 1989, now that I think about it. So we're talking through the Barry Sanders. Let's see, it was Barry Sanders. He was 88. Emmett Smith years. Um, Terrell Davis was a sleeper. Who were some other, like, oh, oh, I know, Reggie Bush. When he came out, yeah. he was expected to be, like, you know, the the fantasy savior, you know. And if there's then going to be a, a first-round running back taken – uh, a first round rookie taken, it'd be Reggie Bush. I think he ended up, I think he was like a third round pick. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you in general, the last five or six years, the number one running back selected in fantasy drafts doesn't tend to be the one coming out of the season with the most value. I know we've seen in recent years, guys like Melvin Gordon, um, uh, Bishop Sankey, can you believe Bishop Sankey was the number one running back selected in his rookie year? You know, these rookie running backs, they get so much hype going in. Now, I, I, I understand Ezekiel Elliott's hype. I understand the uh, system that he plays in is heavy, run heavy. The offensive line he has in front of him is going to be great. you got an aging Tony Romo who they need, need to protect, and they'll protect him with the running game. But you never know with these rookie running backs. And, while I might be more apt to take a running back late in the first round and, and take a chance on a rookie like Elliott over maybe a quarterback or a tight end or a, a not top five wide receiver, uh, I, you still have to be wary of the recent history of the rookie running back. Well, you, you, uh, you stepped in it, my friend, because uh, I wrote an article – past couple of years I wrote this article and I, I refresh it every year. What does, and you can, if you Google this, you'll, you'll find it. What does history teach us fantasy rookies and ADP yeah. for 2015? So uh, pretend I updated that and that's now for 2016. Um, <laughs> if, <laughs> if what I basically did is I went through the past 15, 16 years yeah. um, back to the year 2000, I looked at the top rookie draft rookie, any, you know, whether it's running back or, or wide receiver, it's almost always running back. Rookie drafted in uh, the top one in ADP. And then I looked at, at the end of the year, who was the fantasy rookie of the year, who was the highest scoring rookie of that season. How many of the past 16, let's see, it was 2006, so it would be past 15 seasons. Was it 16? I'm retired. 16 <laughs> seasons. <laughs> How many of the Top rookies drafted ended up being the highest scoring rookies that year. I would say just Ladanian Tomlinson. 
You know, when you I guess when you set someone up with saying you would never believe how few people <laughs> how many running backs and then it automatically makes them undershoot you. But no, it's uh the number's three. Uh, <laughs> and um Who are the three though? I I'm curious. All right, let me see. So and you you mentioned earlier Bishop Sankey, uh Jeremy Hill was the top one. Eddie Lacy was one. He was the top rookie drafted that year, ended up being the highest scoring rookie. But yeah. even then, that was a little questionable because it was Lacy, and he was dealing with James Starks and that other rookie, the UCLA guy that ended up flunking out. Like he ended up, I think he hurt his neck or something like that. But he was a rookie that year too. So he wasn't even, he was drafted in the 5.02 was his wow. ADP. And that was the highest rookie. Um, wow. Trent Richardson, remember that guy? Uh, okay, so he was not one that ended up scoring. Doug Martin scored the highest, but I'm just naming some names. All right, so let me see. So it was definitely uh, Eddie Lacy, no Sean Marino in 2009, which oh, he was actually he had the he had the same ADP as Chris Wells, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and then there was one more, and I'm looking. Let's pretend. Oh, Cadillac Williams from above Bucks. Oh yeah. Oh, your Bucks. Yeah, and then that Cadillac broke down, pushed it off the side <laughs> of the road, left it. <laughs> but anyways, we we kind of uh, talked a little bit more about rookies more than I wanted to for this podcast. We'll save that for for an upcoming one, definitely. Um, but let's let's move on to to the breakouts. This first episode, just for people wondering, we're kind of just hitting on 2015, what happened last year and a little bit how it pertains to the 2016 season. And then uh, we're setting it up for, for the next few podcasts uh, throughout the 2016 summer. We're going to talk about the 2016 season with positional previews, with busts, with um, sleepers, rookies, all that good stuff. And we expect to have some good guests on coming up. But this first one is kind of a kickoff to the entire fan, uh, Fantasy Fat Cast for the 2016 season. Well, I just love talking about rookies, though. You took them off the topic. But we'll talk fun. about breakouts. You know, the rookies uh, haven't necessarily been the breakouts, although last year's rookies broke out late in the season. But uh, let's go with some 2015 breakouts. And, Ganos, I know you uh, you do some study on where these guys come from. Tell us where to find these guys before they happen. Yeah, um, when you think of uh, – people always talk about the – third-year breakouts for wide receivers um, and, uh, and and where they come from. Of course, now I'm looking for that article that I told you to bring up so I could talk about it. Can't find it. But uh, <laughs> but for quarterbacks, you know, it used to be the third-year quarterback we'd always talk about, right? Yep. Back in the late 80s and early 90s. And for the most part, that's still pretty much true. We've had some um, – uh, some interesting, you know, like Blake Bortles broke out last year. Um, the difference is, is we're see we saw some rookies a few a couple years ago, like Cam Newton, Robert Griffin, um, Robert Griffin III, and Andrew Luck blow up, and Russell Wilson blow up in that first year as a rookie quarterback, and that skewed uh, everyone's point of view on on quarterbacks. Yeah. Everybody thinks, oh, these rookie quarterbacks. But, I mean, the, the number of rookie quarterbacks to break out is so few and far between uh, later. So, very year. 
it was a rare year. You know, yeah. it was a rare year where those, those four came. And a lot of what fantasy does is follows what happened last year and thinks history yeah. will repeat itself. Uh, it's not necessarily the case. Now, we, we kind of went that way with our, our rookie tale with uh, saying the top rookie running back selected doesn't always uh, end up as the best. But in general, uh, a reactionary uh, fantasy football crowd can, uh, you know, teach you some ways in avoiding overhyped players or uh, finding some breakouts uh, where you probably don't expect them. You know, some people get down uh, on some players coming off of a bad rookie year or a bad few years. Like uh, last year, Jordan Reed was a tight end who had uh, injury issues repeatedly, you know, quarterback issues because what was uh, RG3 going to be in Washington. But Jordan Reed, as the talent, uh, rose up last year and uh, became one of those tight ends now we can talk about in the top five of this position. Yeah, I'm skeptical of uh, of what he's going to be able to do um, as the second tight end drafted, which most people have him at, picking him in round four, which for me is just that's crazy talk. I mean, this is a guy, he's missed um, an average of four, I think, maybe five games a season since he's been in the NFL. And he went from three touchdowns two years ago to 11 touchdowns last year. That I expect that number to, you know, buoy, buoy, yeah, buoy, <laughs> buoy out to yeah. around five or six, which would drop drop him back, like you said, as a top five tight end. Um, just looking back here real quick, I did find the article. Uh, it's on so-calledfantasyexperts.com. When to look for breakout fantasy players, and for third-year quarterbacks, just going back to that, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, this this year. Uh, both yeah. are third-year wide receivers, long or third-year quarterbacks, along with um, Bortles and Bridgewater. I just did an article yesterday. I, I write for SportsGrid.com also, and he Bridgewater has one of the best fantasy strength of schedules for quarterbacks for 2016. Now, are you drafting him to be your starter? Of course not. And as a matter of fact, the first five weeks I think are kind of a tough schedule for him. But once we hit bye weeks and once we get into the middle part of that season when quarterbacks are getting injured and all this stuff. I think he's going to be a guy um, that's going to get picked up in a lot of waiver wires. Yeah. I like the talent. And then uh, real quick, sorry, real quick. I want to hit the rest of these, these um, breakout spots, third year wide receivers. We've talked about it's kind of moved towards second year um, recently. And then, uh, but I, I still think that's a third year wide receiver group that's going to break out regularly more than second year wide receivers. And then uh, for running backs, it's actually the opposite. I look at running backs as instead of the breakout years, because it's really all about opportunity for a running back. Um, not necessarily when they all of a sudden discover that they're good. Right? Right, right. So I think for running backs, it's more sophomore slumps for successful running backs um, is more uh, of a danger. And you look at in the past, Five or six years, Monte Ball, Giovanni Bernard, LeGarrette Blunt, Felix Jones, Doug Martin, Trey Mason. Oh, I'm dropping things. Darren McFadden, <laughs> dropping Alfred names. Morris, Zach Stacy. You what? You're dropping names. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. And then uh, for tight ends, you talked about Jordan Reed. He was a third-year tight end last year. 
but actually um, we've seen a lot of second year tight ends blow up, which is, uh, which makes sense. The first year is always tough and they got to, they got to learn to block. They got to learn routes, a lot of different stuff. So in the past few years, seen Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, uh, Kyle Rudolph, Zach Ertz. Oh, actually Zach Ertz is kind of had a breakout. Um, Eifert and Kelsey oh, are okay. interesting, both, both, both interesting to me. Oh, I'm sorry. The thing I'm looking at is the top rookie tight end since 2006. Uh, pretend I didn't. Pretend I didn't say all the names before. <laughs> but <laughs> here are the second year tight ends that blow up: Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez. So they count. Kyle Rudolph, he still counts. Travis Kelsey, who got injured in his first year. Greg Olson, Owen Daniels. So Jimmy Graham. Like those are great examples of uh, second year breakout tight ends. And so. Look more towards that than the rookies is my point. Yeah, so now now we naturally should give them one, but <laughs> I can't think of a rookie tight end a year ago. Rookie tight really end. Oh, the um, Hunter Henry is in San Diego. That's getting a lot of pub. And considering they moved, you know, Ladarius Green's in Pittsburgh now. So yeah. is, it, is it Henry? Hunter Henry, I think. Yeah. Yes. And then yes. there's um. So, but he, there's no rookie tight end that anyone's drafting in standard fantasy leagues this year. Um, Henry might get some looks because now he's taking up some some targets from what, what Green's missing. But there's Antonio Gates is still there. He'll, Gates will be, yeah. need to be injured, which is a possibility. Um, yeah. But even then, I, I don't know that anyone's starting Henry. Sorry, go ahead. That's a very high possibility. Antonio Gates, at his age and with his injury history, obviously it's a uh, something to be concerned and his usage you know they they don't tend to have the outside receivers and they use Antonio Gates quite frequently but uh from uh from the breakouts now because we have only about five six minutes left uh let's go to the bus and you know that's uh, a spot that everybody tries to avoid but if it was <laughs> speaking of avoiding it sounds like you just fell off there sorry so I'll talk about are you there? Oh, okay, good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Was your phone a bust? C.J. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anderson being one of them. Yeah, C.J. Anderson. And, you know, it's funny because these two are locked in my mind just because of how much Jake Seeley loved these guys last year. Jake's a friend of ours. Yeah. Um, he yeah. runs the he runs the flex leagues, um, the expert leagues that we participate in every summer. And uh, and last year, I want to say he took C.J. Anderson fourth overall and Justin Forsett maybe the next round. But anyways, I remember he was always high on both of those guys, and it was a big deal when he took those guys where he did last year. They both stunk the place up. Um, <laughs> but Seeley's – and that's not a knock on Seeley. He's normally uh, one of the most accurate – if you look at Fantasy Pros, he's one of the most accurate – forecasters out there so I, I'm not knocking him but I will say it was a big warning sign for me with CJ Anderson I mean Denver um, even with Kubiak in there like Denver's just always seemed to be a revolving door for running backs in yeah. the past you know since Terrell Davis yeah yes. uh, yeah well the uh, Shanahan uh, system kind of screwed uh, a lot of people over with running backs in fantasy football and and Kubiak, he was supposed to be the guy that went to a bell cow, um, and that bell cow should have been C.J. Anderson. And uh, Anderson's 
injury issues didn't allow him to be that guy. So uh, we're, we're ended back up, at the square being, one. He ended up being a bell cow turd, if I may. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and I, I was a little – sorry, I was skeptical. We mentioned Monte Ball earlier as a bust after his first – you know, for his rookie season. And uh, and that's what kind of why why were we putting we put all of our faith in Ball that second year right after a great end of the season the first year and then and so I mean C.J. Anderson changing court changing um in system or a uh, coach of course but still I wasn't buying it. Well, it's the the reason Justin Forsett had all that love is he was coming from the Kubiak uh, bell cow uh, system. Great point. And, Everyone was on the Justin Forsett bandwagon, and then that bandwagon lost a tire or three. Yeah, and and uh, someone who I was really high on last year, I think I had him number one overall for the Athlon Fantasy Preview magazine, was Eddie Lacy. Right. That was a mistake. <laughs> Not so good. Well, they 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 naturally are going to come out with the uh, stories this training camp that he's in the best shape of his life. He lost all this weight, and everybody's going to jump back on. I'm in the best shape of my life right now. By the way, <laughs> we talk about fancy fat cast. I am a perfect. I'm a perfect circle. This is the best shape of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, Eddie Lacy. That's going to be interesting this year. It's funny because at the end of the season, no one could. Every everyone in the world hated Eddie Lacy and fantasy. And now six months later, everybody's like, well, it's pretty good. Second round pick. Uh, you know, I think I... <laughs> so it's just, it is funny. The, the swing and fantasy value momentum. I, I do like he, him. As there a hasn't comeback. been anything happening. Sorry. Yeah. I do like him as a comeback player um, because Aaron Rodgers' offense is going to generate a lot of points and a lot of opportunities in the red zone. And that's where um, Lacy can star if, you know, assuming he's, in shape and, you know, doing the right things. But I laugh at yep, the story. I absolutely every, agree with you. Every training camp, every preseason, every, uh, you know, spring training, the fantasy stories come out about so-and-so is in the best shape of their career. It's, uh, it's the funny, funny uh, fantasy writers um, situation. Yep. And through. every, and every system that's implemented, they're like, I really feel like the system's going to bring the best out in me. You know, stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. no one ever says, no one ever says, ah, God, this system's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, particularly the coaches, because those are the ones that feed the media. So the, the, the there you go. energy is always positive. And that's kind of why yeah. the bus happened, because the energy feeds the beast, and uh, people buy yep. in. And uh, when things go wrong, they, they kind of say, oh, well, I should have seen that coming. But it's, it's the toughest thing, I think, in fantasy writers' uh, career is to uh, – write about busts and analyze busts because yeah. they're, the only way the busts happen is if a lot of people love that player. And it's tough to love a player who you have to simultaneously hate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a <laughs> difficult thing. You know, like, yeah, Gauss, I, I love him as a writer, but I also hate him as a writer. <laughs> and, you, and you love my bust. It's so ample. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's funny if I like if I wasn't lazy I would go back and look through my fantasy magazines from the 90s and see if people that wrote magazines back then they didn't you know it wasn't like 
when you were drafting back in 1993, you weren't reading about training camp news as much. You weren't reading Roto World right. and Roto Wire. Right. They just so you there. pretty much were – sorry? They just weren't out there. You were going off the last yeah. year's number. Right. So you were going off of the fantasy magazines. I wonder if there are more busts today because of the coach speak that moves yeah. players up and down in value than yeah. there were back then. I'd be curious. Get on yeah. that. I'd like – <laughs> I'd like to say that the the proliferation of fantasy news on the internet has helped us all become more uh, proactive uh, analysts and players. Um, you know, it, the news helps move the needle quicker. I, I think. You know, while it so wait a minute, you're saying wait. you're saying more information makes us. M- not highly informed. That is, <laughs> that well, is good. <laughs> well, while, while I'm talking about the, it can it can actually overhype people. I think also it can make them uh, more reactionary. So, like, say, so and so gets off to a slow start. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon. Why this slow start's going to, uh, you know, continue? And I think that could create some opportunity for you in fantasy as well. Very true, yeah. Andre Williams uh, getting the touchdowns in the Hall of Fame game two years ago for the <laughs> yeah. Giants, right? Yeah. That changed a lot. Yeah. Uh, before we get going, I, I wanted, to, um, I wanted to, to say, you know, we, we plan on having some good guests over the next few weeks. Uh, you know, we have a lot of friends in the industry, and, uh, and um, we're going to test those friends, those friendships, to see if they'll <laughs> come on chat with us. <laughs> but uh, some of the other guys I also want to get on are some writers for – so-called fantasyexperts.com, like our football writers. We have uh, John Lapresto and Michael Tomlin and Mark Strasberg, and they do a great job for us on uh, so-called fantasy experts, which I abbreviate as SCFE because it's so much easier. Um, yeah. a long but name. I, I haven't bought that domain, so never mind. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to get their names out there and to follow so-called fantasy experts on Twitter, which is at so-called fanx because – it is too long to put so-called fancy experts on Twitter. So let's call it So Cafe. So for so-called C-A-S-O-C-A-F-E. Hey, sure. Let's do the thing that would ruin our brand for the past two years. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this was episode one. Uh, hopefully uh, – you didn't completely uh, lose. We didn't completely lose your uh, your listenership. So in episode two, we're going to talk quarterbacks, and we're going to talk two thousand. So, just real quick, Ghana, give give us your number one quarterback for next year. Number one quarterback. Uh, well, I mean, it's between Cam Newton and, and Aaron Rodgers, and. Cam Newton yeah. hasn't done anything. He's getting back Kelvin Benjamin, so I'm not changing yeah. anything from that. Yeah, that that should be outstanding. Uh, you know, this this does it for the this edition of the Fantasy Fat Cast. Be sure to share this episode on social media, kind of like David Ganos shares his poop stories. Let's make it viral, like <laughs> the thing that makes my poop come out like hot chocolate. On that note, you Mac and Ganos out. <laughs> <sighs> See ya.